0: Good morning everyone, welcome to the life and Torah of our leaders. Tuesday mornings live with First a- Seder Ves Special welcome to our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners who have be joining this year. This series of Shurim has been sponsored by Rebitz Saflis from Bottom Line Marketing Group as a schus for his family and for all of the listeners. So we're continuing the series we sort of began with the great Musr Svarim. Last week we did the Ramchal. And this week we are going to learn about Rabbi Yisrael Solanter. Um, I had mentioned that perhaps I would do the Pelayayets because Rabbi Greenspan began a new shear on that. And I hope to get to it. But I realized that this week on Thursday, Chav Hei Shavat is the 140th yard site of the great Harab Yisrael Solanter Zechrain Livracha the father of what we call the modern Muslim movement, and I felt it's uh, appropriate that we should say a share on Rabbi I was Zoycha to be, um, in 2016, in the city of Kaliningrad, which is a Russian province um, on the western side of Lithuania. Together with Rebbe Dessler who's an Einikol of Bissell Salanter, I was zayicha to be at the kever of Bissell Salanter, since it's in uh, Russia over there, it's not a commonly uh, visited kever. So let's talk about Bissell Salanter. His father's name was Reb Zev Wolf, and he was a big Tamil Chacham, but he was in the city that he was in, Zagar. Zagar is a city in Lithuania. Uh, North Lithuania, on the border with Latvia, in the city of Zagar, Rebzev Wolf was a milamidartiki, uh, which means to say he was a cheder uh, rebbe. He was a, uh, a school teacher for young children. Even though he was a very very big tamachacham that was his job in Zagar. Um, he had writings on all all facets of Torah. Some of them were printed in the back of the Vilna Shas, in the Shas. You can find on some mesechtas it's called Chidusheh Hagois Ben Aryei. The Chidushim of the edits of Ben Aryei, because his father's name was Aryei. Um, and uh, those are some of his Chidushim. Later on, he became, after Bissal Salanta was born and out of the city, when he was older, um, Rav Zev became the Rub in a place called Goldingen, which is western Latvia. And then afterwards, he became the Rav and Tells. And that's why in the Gemara, when you look by Hagoyis ben Arya, it says Av t- Tells. In the Sefer, Kedosh Yisrael, Chelek Bey, Zomot um, they bring that Rabbi Yisrael said about his father, that his father became great from the times of Bein Hashmoshes. Bein Hashmoshes literally means twilight. It means the in-between t- times. Meaning, there were times when he was waiting online somewhere, or he was waiting for a chuppah to start. All the in-between times that people very often do not take advantage of. Says Rabbi Shalantar, my father took advantage of all those um, random moments, and that's how he became great in Torah. Rabbi Shalantar's mother's name was Leah, Layla they called her. She was very well known in the region for her tzedakah and for her expertise in Tanakh. And also in Talmud, it seems she knew a lot of uh, Chazal. Um, I can't say she, Mama, she, I don't know that she learned Gemara, but she knew uh, she knew a lot of, of Chazal. So Rabbi Yisrael was born either in the year Tufkuf Ayin or Tufkuf Ayin Aleph, like it says. On the new Matseva. I saw, it looked to me like on the old Matzeva, it said "Tufkuf Ayin. I saw somewhere he was born in Cheshvan, which would mean that it's 1810, which is Tuf kof Ayin, but since it's after Rosh Hashanah, it's Tuf kof Ayin Aleph. That might uh, a, um, reconcile the contradiction between the years because it was the end of 1810, which is already Tuf kof Ayin Aleph in the city of Zagar. So like we said, his father was a Rebbe there and he learned with his father till he was about 12 years old and at that time his father felt he should send him away and he sent him to the city of Salant. Salant is northwestern Lithuania, the Rav of the city was Reb Tzvi Hersh Broide, and he was the Rav of Salant He sent him to learn in that city. He was known as Reb Herschel Taisvis because he spent most of his time delving in depth into the words of the commentary Taisvis, and in fact he would even bring Halakha Lemaisa, practical Halakha based on the words of Taisvis Like he was, his whole life was Taisvis they called him Reb Harshal Teisvis. And he realized that this was a budding uh, God Hadar here, a brilliant child. And he started learning with him Bechav Rusa, the rab of the city. His wife, the rabbi sinner of Svi Hirsch, wasn't so happy that her great husband is learning with this 12-year-old child, the son of a Chayda rabbi. Like, even maybe he would be the son of Rosh Hashiva. That would uh, be one thing. He's the son of a, of a child uh, Chayda rabbi. So she she said, sometimes, she said something like, how long are you going to waste uh, learning with this child, the son of a Cheyder Rebbe? So Yisrael felt it was an insult to his father, who was a big Tamachacham. Again, he was a young child. And he said, my father knows how to learn better than any other Rav around. And she felt that was an insult against her husband, um, who was the big Rav. And she didn't let him come back. She locked the door. She didn't let him come back to learn. But Reb Tzvi Hersh wanted to learn with Reb Yisrael and he used to bring him in through the window. Until one time Reb Zev, the father of Yisrael, came to visit Reb Tzvi Hersh, And Reb Tzvi Hersh was so impressed with him that he called his wife and he says, You see, Reb Yisrael was right. His father knows how to learn even better than me. So that was his Rabbi Reb Tzvi Hersh from Salant. Now Reb Yisrael, in a short amount of time, in a year or two, finished all of Shas, and he got a nickname Alfasi al Alfasi is a reference to the riff, the riff in the back of the Gemara, which is <coughs> a condensed shas, so to speak. We have shear on the riff. And uh so since he was like a small walking shas, they used to call him the mini Alfasi, Alfasi Khatan. Um when he was about 14 years old, Gripsvihars sent a uh a, a notebook of chidushim that Rabbi Shmuel Solanter had been mechadish to Rabbi Kiva Eger, and Rabbi Kiva Eger couldn't get over the Gainus in this child in his chidushim. Now, at that time, um, in the same yeshiva over there in Solant was another up-and-coming gadol, Rabbi Shmuel Solant from Yerushalayim, and he learned together with Rabbi Shmuel Solanter At the age of fourteen. He became, He got engaged to the daughter of someone named Rabbi Yaakov Alevi Eisenstein, who was from the uh, pro- prominent and wealthiest families in the town. He was a miyuchas as well. His lineage went back to the Shlach HaKadosh. However, and he promised a big dowry. However, during the engagement, he lost his money and he wasn't able to live up to his obligation of the dowry. He didn't know what to do. And another wealthy person told him, I will pay you to um, absolve yourself of the Shidduch, and I'll take Rabbi Yisrael Salam as my son-in-law, and I'll give him a big dowry too. And he offered him a lot of money for it. And he had no choice, this uh, Rabbi Yaakov Alevi Eisenstein, so he traveled to Rabbi Wolf in Zagar to tell him that he plans on uh, breaking the Shidduch, because he can't afford his uh, obligation, and uh, he, has another, uh, he has another Shidduch on the table for Rabbi Yisrael. But um, Revolf did not agree. He said, if this is, they're engaged, and this is the bashert, this is the shidduch, makes no difference. And he called in his wife. He said, we're making a l'chaim now, and we're going to set the date for the chasana." So he got married, and after the chasana, he continued to learn in Salant. His wife had a business there. There was a local gvir, a local uh, person, who gave his upstairs, his name was Rabbi Leo Ber Nechemya. gave his upstairs as a Besmejish for Rabbi Yisrael and his chaverim and his friends to learn, and that's where they learned. Now, his great Talmud, Reb Itzel Petterberger, Rebbe Yitzchel Glazer, as they called him, Reb Yitzchel Peterberger, writes in a in in his sefer called Nesivais R, which is some of about his Rebbe Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. He writes there that the way of learning in those days was different than today. He says. Basically, you would take one sugya, one topic, and you would learn it in great depth, Teisvis, the Marsha, but very focused, um, laser focused on this sugya. Not looking around shas and, 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 and having uh, questions and rayas, very focused on the sugya. He says we didn't have a lot of svarim from the German svarim. I'm not sure which one specifically he means, but he says we didn't have a lot of svarim of achroinim. But then he says, Rabbi Yisrael came, He brought a new light into the way of learning. And and, and, and learning in depth in halacha. He started saying, He mixed together all of shas. And he made it into one big mixture with a sharpness that was unbelievable. G'daylem couldn't get over this Talmud Chocham, Rizal Salantar, when he said a Chiddush, it was with Kol Kula. It was something brand new. So this was, he was a guy in Tyre, as we see. He knew Shas already by the age of 14, and he was bringing new Chiddushim to the world. At that time, he noticed that there was, seemed to be someone who looked like a simple person. And they used to call him Zundel the Seicher, Zundel the businessman. And he realized that this Zundel is no simple person. They even call him Reb Zundel. He was no simple person. He was a tzaddik nistar. He was a hidden tzaddik, Reb Zundel Solant. He was called, and I was to be at um he um, he used to start looking after him. And perhaps we'll do a shir on Reb Zundel, and we'll talk about him a little bit more. But Reb Zundel started following him and, and and seeing where he was going. And one time Reb Zundel realized that he was following him and he looked at him and he told him, <coughs> Yisrael, learn Musr. If you learn Musr, you'll be a Yeresh mayim you'll have fear of heaven. Each time, you'll be a complete person, Vyoshar, and a straight person, um perfectly, completely. So, Reb... Um, Naftali Amsterdam, another Talmud of Rabbi Shol Salanter from the big Bali Musr, also in that country uh, is called Nesiv that we quoted before. He writes that when Rabbi Shol heard this keish boyer, yorde de ta'chidre li boy, like a fire burning, it went into the depths of his heart. He took this so to heart and he started learning Musr as well. He started getting involved in Musr because of this line that rabzundu Zundel Salan threw at him. Now, Rabbi Saul in the beginning, thought to himself, what is the best way for him to act? So he decided he's going to be like Rabbi Zundel. he's going to be a hidden tzaddik. Now to be a hidden tzaddik, it takes practice, because you have to pretend you're simple, and yet you have to be a tzaddik. So the first thing he started to do was to review Shas by heart, because you need to be able to learn without anybody realizing you're learning. And he got up to half of Shas. Now obviously he knew Shas already before, but enough that he'll never need to look inside again. He also started accustoming himself to davening very quickly in a way that even though he's davening very quickly, he could still have all the proper and lofty kavanos. Because again, a hidden tzaddik has to look simple. In fact, someone I saw somewhere someone said that there he was once in a, Sol Solante was once in a little shtetl for Yom Kippur, and no one knew who he was. And he davened so quickly that you almost couldn't see his hand clapping al hitting himself. It was so quick that his davening was. But the assumption was that even though it was so quick, he had, um, he had these great, great uh, machshavas. So this was all a preparation for him to become a hidden tzaddik. But then, as Rebitzel writes in the Sivas R, he changed his mind. Adashar hichlit. He decided, This is not what Hashem wants to a person Hashem has given wisdom, and He's given him the ability, the, the potential, the talents, to accomplish for others, Hashem, for the Torah of Hashem, it's not the proper way to sit on the side, and to only pay attention to his own growth because ki oilam chesed the world is built through chesed, la that a person has an obligation to take from what he has to help other people as well. And he quotes the Nefesh HaKhayim that brings in the Akdama, B'Shem Reb Chaim we've quoted this in Numashum as well, the Reb Chaim Velazhner said that a person is here in this world to help other people, and said, Reb Yisrael, it's not only in Gashmias, in Ruchnias as well, and therefore he changed his whole way of life and he decided now he's going to be involved and help people grow in Teirah and Yira, and to be Mizake as Harabim. Now, he knew that for this to happen in Lithuania and Lita, even simple people would only pay attention to someone who was a God of a taira. The appreciation for Tyra and Lita was even by every single person they appreciated Gedila Tyra as simple as the people were. So if he's going to have an effect on the people, he has to first show how what a great God of a taira he was. And therefore he started giving unbelievable brilliant shiurim, and all parts of Tyra, not only in Salant, in all of the cities around, until he became very mefursome, very famous, that he was an unbelievable Gain. They offered him many positions of being a Rav in different cities throughout the uh, countries, and the, even the city of Brisk, which is a very, very prominent Rabbanus, and he was a young person, but he had private reasons which he did not reveal to anyone, and the truth is, Rav Shmuel Salant was also, his friend was also offered the Rav in Brisk, and he also didn't take it. Some say they had a deal that they're not going to become Rabbanim, but they write that Rabbi Yisrael had over 30 reasons, private reasons that he didn't tell anyone why he's not becoming a Rav, and he's not accepting the Rabbanis. But he was looking for ways to have a hashba, to have an effect on people. So, the, and this was, as we'll see throughout year, the Shia, the gallus of Rabbi Yisrael Salant was, he didn't stop. He was always looking for new innovations, new things, new projects. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's inspiring. And so he said, now, so how am I going to have the greatest effect? So maybe I should be what's called a Magid mesharim. In those days, a Magid was a person who went around to uh, cities and he would say, Shmuzim and Drashas to awaken people to tshuva. So he thought it'd be a maggid who goes from city to city, from kehilah to Gila congregation, and then he decided first he maybe he should take money, not take money. Always the idea was what will have the greatest effect, his words, on the people. So he decided that this is not a good thing to be a Magid, because first of all, it's not a, a Bikviyos, it's not something that happens on a schedule, it's random, so the iris, the Awakening, doesn't stay. He can't have a personal connection with the people, so he tried that out, that wasn't the way to do it. He said, maybe the best thing is to be a Mashkiach, in an Yeshiva, and you can have effect on the Bachrim. But in those days, again, he's the father of the Muslim movement. So in those days, being a mashkiach was not a very prominent job. A lot of times I think the mashkiach was involved more in the uh, taking care of the dormitory and the physical needs. They used to call that later on a mashkiach katon. And no one would hire him as a mashkiach. It would be a for yeshiva that they hired the great Rabbi Salanter as a mashkiach. So that didn't work out for him either. So while he was trying to figure out what he's going to do, they offered him to become the Rosh in a yeshiva in Vilna called Ramaylis Yeshiva. Ramaylis Yeshiva, famous yeshiva. And uh, because it was in the base magis, of someone called Ramayla. So they called it Ramaylis, Ramaylis. So That's how it became the Ramaylis Yeshiva. Um, and um, so after 18 years of being in Salant, being, again, since he was a child of the age of uh, 12, he's the age of 30 now, married for about 16 years, he left Salant and he went to Vilna. Now, the great Marches, who was a big uh, um, one of the Gedolim of Vilna, so in the preface to the Sefer of his father in law, the Oilas Shmuel, he writes in the year Tough Reish, um, 1840, yeah, Dorach Kichov Chodosh al Shmei Hatalmud a new star came to Vilna. Byfiya Hagoyin Meren Rabbi Sol Solanter Zatzal Heron he showed wondrous things Betzam Chidudai in his sharpness of Belpulai and his building of Chidushim Asher Ifliu Leiv Kol Sheimea which anyone who heard it was was astonished. Vataim Kalaiir and the whole city was tumbling bivoya elea Rav Goyin Chariv Kazem when this great sharp Goyin came to Vilna. So it was an unbelievable thing when he came to Vilna. Like we said, he already showed a new Derech um, and now he came to Vilna, and he showed it over there as well. After a year in the Ramaile's yeshiva, he left the yeshiva, and he went to a besmedrish, the Zriza bes, besmedrish, and he started giving shiurim to just balabatim, regular people in Gemara. But slowly, talmidim started to gravitate to him, and he built a yeshiva there. Some of his talmidim at that time it was really more for older talmidim, but some of the younger talmidim, Reb Tali Amsterdam was 18 years old, Reb. Uh, Yitzchak Blazer, the, uh, the Revitzel Petterberger was 12 years old, they were the young ones they happened to learn together in that yeshiva but there were other tamidim as well besides for his shiurim in Tyra he gave musar Shmuzim and not only in the yeshiva in other shuls throughout the city he would give droshas now in Vilna at that time there was a story that shook him up tremendously and again inspired him Um, to move on to, so to speak, his next project for Klal Yisrael. It's a famous story that um, there was a chassanah, the father of the Chassan, as a young man, was a a shoemaker, and he became a very rich fellow. And under the chuppah, someone came over to him and told him, "Uh, can you tell me how much it's going to cost to fix my shoes? And it was an unbelievable bizayin reminding him that he was once a a, a simple uh, shoemaker, and he fainted and he had a heart attack on the spot. And Rabbi Sol Solante heard this, he was shaken up. And he said, I'm sure that in Shemayim right now, they are calling the G'dayle Yisrael of the time to a Din Torah. And they are saying to them, how is it possible that in your generations there was such a corrupt and perverted Chinuch in the world that such a story could happen? He says, such hashchot, as he calls it, perversion, could only have, it's not a regular person, even a bad person, can't do something so, so mean to someone, so cruel, it has to be that the chinuch, the education from the start, there was something wrong, and they're going to be, Tevea, the gedolim of the time, how did you allow such a chinuch to happen in Klai Yisrael? And therefore he said, we have to start from the bottom up, and we have to now work on our... Chinuch in the world. And like, um, and he decided that he's going to now take his Musr movement of teaching people to be good people and learn Musr to a whole new level and make it, so to speak, worldwide. It's going to be for Kla Yisrael. And like Reb Itzel Petteberger writes in Shari Eirah, Page 40, he writes that Rizal told him, Ki makam hanichu shamayim, shamayim gave me, they left me place. This was like my tafkin in the world. Sometimes you find that how come something wasn't done till then? So the Gemara says, makam hanichu Shamaim. From heaven they left it over for me to be the one to do. And that's what he said. This was what they left for me and Shamayim to do. And he started to give Shurim to balabatim in mesilas yisharim, in chayvas Salavavas, in the musrus farim. And then he came up with something else called the Beis hamusar, a Musar house. He opened a Musar house. What was a Musar house? It wasn't a Beis Medrash where you learned. You learned Gemara Halacha, in the Beis Hamedrish. A Musar house was a quiet place where a person would go, was quiet at times at least, to start making an internal Cheshven Hanefesh calculation of what's going on with him. It was a place a person needed. Chizuk would go there and he would learn Musser. And Rabbi Siral was mechadish. the concept of Musser be a spylus. You don't just read Musser, you learn it with your whole guf, with an excitement, with an emotion. And uh, he would give Shmuzim in the base, HaMusser, on midos who would go on for hours. And sometimes they would stop in the middle and they would say a kapitol Tehillim with unbelievable emotion and with tears. And there was a lot of opposition in Vilna and other places to this whole New type of Mussar movement, the Beis Hamussar, and everything. It's not the place for now to talk about that uh, struggle, but because we're talking about Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Now, in 1848, in their Tafresh Ches, there was the cholera pandemic in Vilna, and people were just dropping dead, and um, it was terrible. So Salanter felt now he has a job to work for Klal Yisrael. He made a hospital with a hundred and some beds there. He got the doctors to work for free. He took 70 tamidich that they had rotations to go take care of these sick people. In um, the Sefer Rabmi Brisk, Chelek Bays, page 394, they bring, that the Briskorav used to say often, Margal was a constant refrain, in the name of Ebi Salanter, that someone who is sick, he is an anus, and he's potter mikola mitzvahs. It's beyond his control. If he's not able to do mitzvahs, he's putter from everything. Except for one mitzvah he's obligated in. And that is the mitzvah of a person has obligation to watch his health. And says, and that, said Salanter, that person has to keep with all diktukeha vihidorea. You have to keep it with every little nuance and with the greatest hidr mitzvah taking care of yourself when a person is sick. And... Said the Rebbe Shlomo but the Eitzahara comes with all types of tzidkis. No, you should do this. You should do that. You don't need to do it, and he's successful in preventing the person from keeping the one mitzvah that he's supposed to keep. So he was very very machped on this in Nishmar Tamei and he gave people Eitzahs and how to stay healthy and so on and so forth. It came Yomim Nairaim of Tefreish Test, the end of eighteen forty eight, and there was a question: Should they fast on Yom Kippur? And the Rabbanim of Vilna, older Rabbanim, he was a young person. He was uh, in his 30s here. He was a young person. And um, he, um, he, uh, they, they weren't sure if they sh- people should fast or not. And he decided that he took it on his shoulders and he put up in all of the shuls, a psak that no one's allowed to fast. And famous story, he got up and made Kiddush and he ate in the shul after davening and he made sure everybody ate and he went from shul to shul and everybody ate on on Yom Kippur. But this caused a major storm in Vilna, a chutzpah, there's all the Rabbanim, this young, young, he's not even a rav, and he paskins and the Rabbanim didn't say it and he goes on Yom Kippur and it was a very, very big storm, but he stood his ground. He stood his ground and... Um, after there was this big storm, he called, a, he made announcements, he's going to say a big shear. A big shear, so everyone thought he's going to give a shear on Pikuach Nefesh and Yom Kippur and show that he was right. But he didn't do that. He gave a shear on something totally different. But this was the most unbelievable shear he had ever given, the most a shear he had ever given until now. And he wanted to show them who he was. And therefore, he had the shoulders, the plates, as we call it, the ability to take upon himself to make sure everybody eats on Yom Kippur. Now, around that time also in Tafresh Ches, the Maskilim, we talked about this in, in the Shiran Rebiz HaKochan Inspector, they decided to make what's called a Beis Medrash A Beis Medrush that's going to produce rabbis. And this the government, the Russian government was involved which obviously was not something that uh, was a teradika thing even though they were pretending it was. They wanted Rabbi Sol Salantar to be the head of it. They thought that he would be, listen, he's, he's showing how he goes against the old Rabbanim, he's bringing chedushim to the world, he's, uh, he's uh, a progressive, you know? So they thought he was like their man. However, uh, many times, for many reasons, he, he, he refused, and even the government put pressure on him, and he refused, and um, And we talked about this in the Sharon on and because of that, he decided he has to leave Vilna, and he went to the city of Kovna, toughresh test he went to Kovna, the Rav of the city Kavna, Kovna Reblalah Shapiro was the Rav of the city, and he asked him Rashus if he could live in this come live in the city and Reblabel told him he only will give him Rishus to live there if he accepts on himself some type of public job um like to be a maggot to be the maggot of the city and he said, why he says, because only somebody this is a, a, a such a true such a true um Uh, a Yesaid, that that is, that only somebody who has on him the oil hatzibur, the responsibility of the tzibur, he could understand when a Rav paskins and decides something a certain way. A lot of times people don't understand when people in leadership positions say and they decide certain things. But if you're also a leader, sometimes you have that different perspective. So he didn't need Rabbi Israel. Being a regular, simple person and, you know, always, uh, you know, arguing on him. Maybe he thought, you know, he saw what happened in Vilna. So he said, if you have a public achrayis, it'll be a whole different story. And because of that, he became the darshan in Kovna and he made a rule. Anyone who wants to say a drush in Kovna, visiting people and things like that, they all have to tell it to him first so he makes sure it is proper. He started a new yeshiva over here. However, different than in Vilna. And Vilna was, like we said, older Bachrim. Now he decided that chinuch has to be for the younger Bachrim. We've got to start them young. And um, and um, that's what he worked on here, the chinuch of the young Bachrim. The Talmidim of that time, Rabbi Yitzhak came along, Rabbi Ruchim Le Perlman, the Minsker Gadol, and of Taliam Sudam the uh, altar from Kalim, Reblazer Laser Gordon, Reb Yaakov Yosef, who became the chief rabbi of New York later on, that famous story, um, and, and many other Talmidim from his time in Kovna. Now, one of the things he wanted to do here was to change the outlook and how people looked at Bahran and Bnei Teirah, people in yeshiva. He said, those days, a lot of times, boys had to eat in people's houses. They called it eating it teg. You had a day to eat uh, a rotation. So it was bizynistic. You know, It wasn't so you have to go eat at someone's house. You're like the beggar. So he stopped that. In those days, bachrim had to find places to sleep on their own. They slept in the shul. He stopped that. He, he rented places for the Bahrim. Um He also told them they have to dress in a very respectable manner. They have to dress in a way. People look at them more chashev, but even more than that, they'll look at themselves as people who are chashev. Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, in his Sikhus Musar, his Shmuzim, his, he has a mimer called Nichvodes, being an honorable person. And he writes, This thing was accomplished by our teachers, the Baliha musar Rabbi Sol Solanter and his Talmidim. There he writes, in the time of the Haskalah, Haarura, Torah. the Haskalah, they lowered the uh, the 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 outlook on what B'nai Torah are, and uh, they made them to be these backwards people. <laughs> the Bali Muser made sure to raise them up and to, to make them Chashuv. And he writes, Margish, someone who feels khashiv, he feels she gvul shu Someone who's confident could accomplish feels he could accomplish anything. And you can only accomplish something if you feel confident. And you only can feel confident if you feel you have self-worth. And therefore that's what Rabbi Sol was trying to make it. Not only the people should look at the Torah as their Chashav, the Torah themselves should look at their Chashav, and therefore they'll be able to accomplish anything. Now, his main Yesayid was, for the Bnei Taira, everything comes with learning Taira without stop. Not stopping to learn Taira. And with that, you get what's called sechalat taira You think, start thinking, in a Taira way. He also gave them the goals that they should become Rabbanim, they should become Shalem, darche Hayro, be able to Psak, to Paskin. Shifus for perfection in Avaida Hashem through learning, as we said, Musr B'Hispailus, with emotion. And one of the things he said is you have to learn with a nigun, you have to learn with a certain sing-song that has an effect on the person's soul and on his whole psyche. In his letters, Ar Yisraeli Garis Yadalit, he writes, there's no way for a person to change from bad to good without Musr. He says it's like asking a person to see when he doesn't have an eye. You don't have that keli. You don't have that limb to be able to do it. You can't do it. To change, you need Musar, he says. And in Igera's Gimel there, he writes also that even though women are exempt from lima taira, but they're not exempt from Musar. They need Musar to be able to be a true ayvet Hashem. Women as well are, um, are mechuev in this. Another thing he focused was that he very much um, demanded from Kala Yisraelim from the Mnei Tyra is that not only should you be careful with mitzvahs between Bein la LaMokayim but also adam La Lechaveroi and it's not only people think it's only in Middice and that type of Middice, no he was referring to even in monetary things he was so careful we could say a whole share on how careful and scrupulous he was when it came came to other people's money I could say probably a whole share on all the stories and lessons Bein La Lechaveroi was not just a Musr Middice thing it was also monetary it was not to cause any damage to anyone and he put a big stress on this as he saw this was something people were not so focused on. Um, now, Rav Volba in Ali Shor Chelek Bey's writes that from the base Magish of Rishol we learned on the Hashivos of small things. Every small things, big people become big through small steps and through Maizim Ketanim, small things. And uh, he was he, he he and he was mechanech. He was madrich. He coached people, and he told them the way that you grow is small steps through small things. Now another thing, Rabbi Yisrael told his talmidim was he held that all decrees against Klal Yisrael all come from ourselves because there's something that is. He calls it a chushah p'nimis, an inner weakness. If we're not strong in something, the ga'im are going to make a decree against us. And therefore he says, the, de taira, the Bnei Taira have a great responsibility for the whole Klay Yisrael because we have to be strong in order that these things shouldn't happen to Klay Yisrael. Like it's a famous uh, line that he used to say that when a Talmud uh, in, in Kovna is not learning with his full strength, it causes a Jew in Paris to assimilate. That's the effect we have when we, um, that's the effect we could have on all of klaus. In Tafresh Yudzayin, he, he traveled to Germany, so again, this is not German proper, this is what's called Kenningsburg, Kenningsburg is Kaliningrad today, which is the Russian province, In those days was a German province, and he went there to Kenningsburg, it's on the sea over there, beautiful weather there, and uh, he had to stay there for a while, um, and um he decided after he was already better that he needs to work here. Over here there's work, people need his, his hashba. and together with the Rav of the city, the Ksav and Kabbalah Ksava Kabbalah's name was, he um, he spread Torah. he gave Shiurim and Navi Gemara Musar to the young Talmudim there. He printed there something called Igeres Hamusser, is a famous uh, piece that he printed that has in it the soydas, the, the Shirish, the roots, and the idea, the foundations of what his teres Hamusser was, what he was trying to bring to the world. He didn't leave, even though his Talmidim were still in Kavna, he would sell them, send them letters. That's what we call the Igrois of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. After two years in Kenningsburg, he went to another city over there in Germany called Memel. Memel's another city over there, um, um, on uh, the western side, Lithuania, over there by uh, by that German, those German provinces, and over there, Memel, Judaism was terribly, terribly low, and he and it was a very, very low madrega, and he worked very hard to raise up Yiddishkeit in Memel, and he made a chevre Shas, People should learn chass in the year Keser Tavre Shchaf. He establishes this Hevra Shas, a group to learn Shas, and in the year Tafresh test nine years later, they finish Shas, and they made a Siyam for seven days. And I found uh, uh, from, a, from a newspaper, the Maggit it's called, Gillian 26, there's a, there's a little blurb about it. And they write, V'hayim memel tzol amecha gvirim rich people, they went and dancing in the streets, v'hayalepela lam is <laughs> the gayim never saw such a thing. Hashem yoyim vasta akiria from the day that the city memel was established, lo'y nishma hachidush hahu, they never saw such a thing, such a thing existed, to have a si'am for seven days, this is brought down, and Meshavur brings down in one place. This was a minute to do. Meshavir um, talks about having it uh, in, a, in a, could you eat it in a base HaKnesset? It was a But this was, uh, this is something that, this is how he brought up the level of learning in Memel, that eventually he had a chevra that actually finished us. In Memel, he also started a Torah uh, journal for the Go'inim of the time to write Chidush Torah. The, the Maskilim at the time had a lot of printed stuff. It was called Hatvuna. And it uh, lasted for two years, but because of uh, financial issues, it stopped after two years. He also started a newspaper. I don't know how often it came out. Halavonin, we talked about this with Rabbi Tzachon Inspector together. They made this, uh, this newspaper that lasted for over 20 years. He also saw that in Germany there was not a lot of children's books, proper children's books. The Maskilim had a lot of books and that wasn't good. So he hired hired someone named Meir Lehmann, you know him as Marcus Lehman, to write books for the children of the time in German, that's all the Marcus Lehman books we have. Um, were like were to, to, to give kosher reading material for the children of the time. These were all um, radical things that he was Mahadesh, but he felt it was necessary for Tyra to exist. In Germany he was in touch with Ribsham Schaval Hirsch and Zil Hildesheimer, those who were fighting for Tyra. Um, now, in Kedosh Yisrael Helek Bey's page, test, it brings there Vashem Revolba. Revolba said that if you look at Rabbi Yisrael's letters, you'll see with his sharp eye, he already saw that there's going to be a Holocaust. He saw the destruction that was uh, going to happen. And he used to say, in a place where they kiss their dogs, eventually those such kind people are going to end up slaughtering babies. Um, and he said, don't be fooled by it. In Tavrej Dalid we talk about this many times in Brunswick, there was the Reform um, Convention that they made a lot of decisions there and Rabbi Yisrael said they made a new Shulchan Aruch there which they said that you could have intermarriage with, uh, with the Gayim. And they said that's okay. He says there's going to come a day that the gayim are going to make a new Shulchan Aruch and they are going to prohibit intermarriage with the Jews and he says, Oiv voi to the Jews from that Shulchan Aruch. So, these are things that's brought down in Revolva safer, Sefer Ben Kessel Osir, page I and Tess. Um, these are things that Roussel saw with his sharp eye, his Tayredikah eye. He saw the future. In Tafre Shalamat Zion, he made the Kailo, the Kovna Kailo. We talked about this as well with Rabbitsa Kachan Inspector. Um, he made Rabbitsa Kachan and the Rosh Kailo of that Kailo, where this was something new as well that a place for married. Tamidachachamim, to learn without any bothers being supported, the great Kedilim of our times over the last generation, Rabbiankov Kamenetsky and uh, Rabbi Aaron Kutler and uh, others are products of the Kovner Kaila. Now, in the year Tuf Shurei Mem, which is 1870, he found out, uh, we talked about this by Rabitzel and other ones, that there was a lot of and in, in the Tsar Nikolai in Russia, and he was involved in a lot of that as well. And, uh, we mentioned him in other Shurim, but a lot of those who escaped Russia ended up in France, in Paris. Um, and they had nobody who was, uh, who was leading them. They had no Rav, no Manik. And even though he was already older, he was, he was already older, um, and, uh, he already, he also suffered from terrible, terrible headaches, migraines. He was 70 years old. He, um... He, um, he, he moved to Paris. He moved to Paris. He picked himself up and he moved to Paris. And um, Rabitzel writes in the Sivasar, page 122, that I heard from him that when he was once in Paris, he slipped and fell down two flights of stairs. And when they picked him up, he almost come out wasn't breathing. And he said there was an ace and a few days later he was back to his regular self. And he told Rabitzel, he says, I wasn't afraid for one moment. Listen to these words. He said, because when I went to Paris and lived in Paris, it was not for any personal gain. I did not have any personal negia. Only to do the rutzen of Hashem. And if that's true, there was no way I could be hurt in Paris. Paris couldn't hurt me. Unbelievable thing. And he uh, he, he did a lot over there in Paris. Rev Shneiman Zechrein of Lebracha, when he visited Paris, he said that at that time, you couldn't see the effect of what Rabbi Israel was able to do successfully. But he says... A few generations later, nowadays, anything in France and Paris is only because of what Rabbi Sol Salanter laid the seeds and what he did in his days. After that, of slipping down the stairs, and there was another so he felt that Tzimban and Hashem. he should go back to Kovna, and on the way back, he stopped in Kenningsburg, and the Malbim was the rab at the time, and he had to leave for a little bit, so the Malbim asked him to fill in his rabbonus for a little bit, then the Malbim came back, and he stayed in Kenningsburg, and then we had a share in the mob and the Malvim left, and he ended up being Nifter in uh, Kiev. And uh, Reb um, Ritzel Reb, uh, Reb stayed in Kenningsburg. Now, even though he was the great Ritzel Salanter, it's clear that they didn't chap in Kenningsburg exactly who he was. That's what it seems to me. In the Sivasar, Sur, Reb, Reb says when he got older, he used to just call himself the old poor man, the Ani Vizakain. And I think that's what especially was in Kenningsburg because he used to call himself, oh man, they knew it was a chacham. but uh, you know, in those days there was no communication. Just because someone was the greatest chacham in Vilna in and in Paris, doesn't mean in Kenningsburg they realized who he was. Um, and so he stayed in Kenningsburg. Now, my Zayda, Rav Crisworth, I heard this from him many times, he said that as he was getting sick the last week of his life, Rav Yisrael Salanter said that if he's sick on Shabbos, they should not be mechal Shabbos for him. He says because he feels in halacha he has the the uh, halacha of what's called roya beheimadaka, someone who is a shepherd of small uh, flock. So the Gemara calls them gazlanim because they let their sheep um, go in other people's uh, other people's fields and they a little here, a little there. And he said since he was he worked for the public and therefore. You never know, maybe he's, he, he wasn't so careful in other people's money. And again, you see over here, like we said before, Javier and wasn't just Midois, it was in monetary things as well. And therefore, he says, he feels that he's not someone who they're allowed to be Mechal Shabbos for. But he used to say he got sick on a Sunday and uh, he was nift on a Friday, he wasn't a geah, but I think they went to Rebizu, they sent a message to Rebetzal and he said, no, you should be machal Shabbos." or one of the big good elements you should be Mechal Shabbos if it comes to that, even though Rebetzal Salanter is making himself out to be this big, this tzadik, which he was. Um, but the siyat HaDeshmaia was, that he was not a Misukan on Shabbos, he wasn't that li'al on Shabbos, and he was nifter, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Chaf Hei shavat Tuf Reish Mem, Mem, Mem Gimel, 18 um, 1883. Um, he was buried in Kaliningrad, in Kenningsburg of the time, and uh, Rabitzel Pettenberger made it only after they finished the Kfura, and he ma- set a Hespid there, and it seems at that point the people of Kenningsburg realized who this Sol Salanter was. Now, since he wasn't a Rav in the city, he wasn't buried in the Chalkes of Rabonim, but they did agree, since he was Rebizal Salanter, that they would leave around his kever um, empty, they wouldn't bury people around him, so there should be a kever there. Um, his, his, the whole cemetery was destroyed. Um, it was for a long time a Russian military installment. You couldn't even get in there. And uh, it's one big forest now. But it's a whole story how they did find the kever of Rabbi Sol Salanter. And in Tavshin Samachalif, um, about 20 some years ago, they put up a new Matseva, Rabbi Volba went, Rabbi Solomon went. I wanted to go on their trip, but it didn't work out and they made a new Matzeva there, and then the ga'im came along, the Matzeva was a big stone with the marble, uh, you know, engraved marble, but the ga'im over there would chop away all the marble, and they, by the time I was there, I was able to be there um, in 2016, all that was left was a gigantic stone, I'll post some pictures, but the marble was gone. Um, last year, they made an oil over his cover, a building over the cavern with a new matseva. And that's what there is today in you know, Oil Over the Matzeva. This was the great Rebbe Sal There's so much more to talk about, but an, uh, a really inspiring, inspiring person who never stopped looking for ways to mashmiyah and Kla Yisrael, using his go'ayness. Nothing was beneath him to go here, to go there, to go wherever he was needed. He would think up new things, and it was really an unbelievable. And we are, you know, beneficiaries of who he was because the yeshivas of Slabodka. And, and where all the great Rashivas of our generations, our tamidim of those tamidim, all come from Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. yogin aleinu v'al Yisrael. Have a wonderful day everybody, and kaltov